Hello and welcome to The Narrow Gate. This is Orla, your host again. Happy to be back with you. Today, we are going to be talking about healing our bodies or how God can heal our bodies, to be more accurate. This is episode 19. Last week, we were talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit in order to carry out your God-given calling. So this episode is about healing our bodies. Um... We cannot carry out our calling without health, so this is very important. Um, And we will also continue this series by talking about healing our emotions, our mind, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. So healing our bodies is not done in isolation, but I am breaking it down so that we can understand it and take it slowly. If you are committed to healing, you will be willing to go through the process of understanding how it's done in the kingdom of God and how you can transform your life and your health. Okay, so as you can see in the subheading, first, in order to heal your body, you first need a desire to be well. You need a belief in God's ability to do that. And you also need to be willing to do what he says. So um, you may as well just forget about that idea of saying, heal me, Lord, heal my body, and then sit there and do nothing. And he didn't heal me. Why did he not heal me? It's not really that simple because we co-labor with Christ. And you must remember that if you're a born-again Christian, We are always working together with God. God is a triune God. That is what we believe. That's what I believe. That's what most Christians should believe. The Trinity is the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we are working with God to be transformed. And healing is an essential part of that process. Anyone who says it's not is not walking with God. Don't worry, you can change the word healing to transformation, to sanctification, to purification, whatever biblical term you want to use. But just to cover all aspects of that, we're just going to say healing our bodies today. I have been led to use the Psalm 103 today. So if you have your Bible, (coughs) open Psalm 103. I was led to this today. They were preaching it on the on Sunday, and they read the whole psalm and meditated on it, and it was really, really beautiful. I had been meditating on it myself, and then I was looking online at another pastor, and he was also talking about Pat Psalm 103, so I think this is a great one to look at today. So I am using New King James Version today because I particularly like the first line, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Um, the New International NIV, the National uh, New International Version says, "Praise the Lord, O my soul." But I just like this one, "Bless the Lord," because we need blessing. Um, so I just like that version. When we want to be healed, we want to ask God to bless us, bless our health, bless our bodies, bless our our whole life, but today we are looking at healing our bodies. So I'm just going to first start by reading the first five verses, so you can read along with me. 
So Psalm 103 is a psalm of David giving praise and thanks to the Lord's mercies. So verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He forgives us all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. He redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like eagles. So there's the promise. Some people uh, talk about the promises of God, and I used to get confused by that. What are the promises of God? Everyone's talking about the promises of God. What do they mean, stand on the promises of God? Um, I really don't like when people just throw out things like that when they're teaching, and then they don't explain what they mean, because that we're talking kingdom of God language here. So if someone is just coming new Christian, or even somebody who's a Christian for many, many years, and they hear this same old thing, stand on the promises of God, oh yeah, 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 nothing's changed, I'm a Christian 10, 15 years, I'm still sick, I still have this, and what are these promises? And You know, no wonder Christians get disillusioned. So I had to go digging myself. <clears throat> this is why I'm online. Look, if you go to a church and they're not teaching you properly, you are an intellectual person. I don't care what education you've had. You know how to put on a computer and click YouTube and say, what are the promises of God and watch a sermon. If you don't like it, stop it and go to one that speaks to your spirit. Read your Bible. If it's too difficult, get the NIV. It's really good. Or get the New Living Translation. Also very good. Some people like the message, but I'm not too keen on the message. I just like that if I want to add some flavor uh, to something I'm writing. But I wouldn't study from the message because, you know, it's a modern version. I like to get as close to the real text as possible. But the King, uh, the New King Ver James Version that we're using today is good. The King James Version is a little bit old language, so not always that easy. But I'm just saying these things because I don't know where you are on your journey. Um, so look at verse 2 there. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Okay, all his benefits. And we're talking about the promises I was a minute ago. The promises are all here. What are the benefits? Well, the benefits is that God blesses your soul. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. Verse 3, he forgives all your disease, uh, iniquities, all your sin. He removes that sin from your life as far as the east is from the west. That's also in this psalm. He heals your diseases. But read it again. He heals all our diseases. Okay, so he heals all. All our diseases. So a lot of people are still sick and they say, I don't believe God. He doesn't do it. He does it for her, but he won't do it for me. Oh, my sickness is too chronic. I can't be healed. Oh, you know, so excuses, excuses, excuses. Why are people doing this? Do they not want to get healed? Do not talk yourself out of your healing. Talk yourself into your healing. I don't care what you have. If you look through the Bible, Jesus has healed people of all diseases. 
He redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Well, he definitely redeemed my life from destruction. I was suffering with severe depression in my 20s. Nobody could help me. I know a lot of it came from the world. Some of it came from my family, generation, dysfunction. Some of it came from the society. Some of it came from just maybe my temperament was sensitive. Wherever it came from, it brought my life to destruction and it wasn't good. But with God's kindness and tender mercies, he redeemed my soul and brought me back to life. So I have a new life in Christ. I am a new creation and all that is in the past. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Okay, so you're going to have good things in your life. Sometimes we do get sick if we don't eat well. I mean, if we're going to go around eating crappy, terrible food, excuse my language, but if we're going to be you, if we're going to be eating really junk food and saying, "Oh, I don't have enough money. I eat bad food." One friend sent that to me when I was in Ireland. And um, I'm always into healthy eating. Yes, I eat fast food sometimes. I eat chocolate sometimes. But I, I try to get a balanced diet. That's part of renewing my mind. And she was saying, oh, you know, I'm not very healthy. And, you know, what can I do? I don't have a lot of money. And she, as she was saying it, she knew that it wasn't true. I said to her, vegetables are the cheapest thing you can buy. You go down to the market. In any city. In Dublin, Ireland's an expensive place, but you can go down in Dublin, go down to the markets, go to Moore Street. <laughs> you can buy vegetables and fruit, and you can buy rice, and you can buy uh, pasta, and you can buy potatoes. And, you know, if you have no money, you can live on that, and that's very healthy, and you can drink water. So that's a healthy diet. Yeah, occasionally you do need to eat other things, but then we have vegetarians and vegans who say that they're okay without meat and fish. Um... So whatever, I'm just saying. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Okay, so there is a practical side to being youthful. Okay, and it doesn't mean plastic surgery. No, it means on the inside. How do we renew our youth on the inside? God changes your spirit. He cleanses you of all hardness, anger, unforgiveness that's purifying your soul renewing your mind and you're going to then start wanting a better body a healthier body i don't mean going to the gym and getting obsessed with with the gym there's a problem with that also because everything in excess is addiction so when you see people pumping iron in the gym for hours on end looking in the mirror yeah it's okay to have a good fit body healthy but sometimes it's off balance. Okay, so everything in balance. So we are healed by his kindness and mercies. Look at verse 10. You can scroll down, as I said, or look at your Bible. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Verse 12. Our sins have been removed. Okay, there's this big argument that, okay, that we have the old sin nature in us, yeah. But when you walk in the spirit, that really doesn't affect you very much. 
It really, really doesn't. I mean, um, like, why would somebody be living in sin if they were walking in the kingdom of God? The more you're walking in the kingdom of God, sin doesn't really have a place in your life. Because you're so filled with the spirit that you just been, you just get this kick in your spirit all the time. That's wrong. Don't say that. Don't do that. Don't go to that thing. I mean, it happens to me all the time. It's great. I love it. Sometimes I say yes to things. I don't know why. Sometimes I just say yes because the person is there saying, come to this, come to this. Recently, somebody invited me to a St. Patrick's Day um, event in a pub here in Portugal. Now I'm Irish and I love St. Patrick's Day. If I was in Ireland, I'd go to the parade and I love it. I love going to the parade. It's great fun singing and dancing. Um, And, you know, I remember why we celebrate St. Patrick's Day in Ireland. We celebrate it because St. Patrick brought Christianity to Ireland. So that is a good celebration. If people want to go to the pubs and get drunk after, that's their business. They're not saved. So I celebrate St. Patrick's Day. And actually, if I was in Ireland, I'd probably be handing out tracts on the street and say, do you know that St. Patrick's Day is celebrating Christianity? Do you know Jesus? That's what I would be doing. So when this person invited me to a pub, I looked it up online on Facebook. I said, okay, yeah, looks okay. Bit of music. I like music. But, you know, in my spirit, I thought, no, because I don't really want to go to a pub. I don't mind having one drink occasionally if that's what I felt like, but no. So I just was happy that that wasn't in my spirit anymore. It's not really a sin, but my spirit was like, would you really be edified by that? Not really, but I do like music. So look at verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has... He removed our transgressions from us. Okay, so when you are saved, God takes away your sin and he doesn't remember your sin. It's us to keep dragging it up. Or maybe other people like to drag it up. So sometimes if people in your life are not saved and they see you changing and sometimes you can be stumbling at the beginning. You know, you're trying to, in all your in your weak faith at the beginning, you're trying to be righteous and you're trying to change your life. And some people can be jealous. And they ridicule you. Oh, look at you. I remember you. You used to be depressed. I remember you. You used to drink. I remember you. You used to do. Okay, so, so people will try to do that. But just ignore them and get into the right community. Get in with the believers. And also be careful in the church because there are people in the church <coughs> who are also faking it. Unfortunately, this is the truth. So in verse 17 and 18, it talks about we must fear him and keep his commandments. So all part of healing our bodies. <coughs> yeah, it kind of has a condition. Yeah. What's wrong with having a condition? People say, I want to be healed, but I don't want any conditions. It's good to have conditions. So I can have a healthy body if I do something. What? Fear the Lord and keep his commandments. And then it says further on, read it yourself. His angels will work on our behalf. So you're going to have angels helping you as well. We have angels from heaven. We don't even know it. Most people don't know that. So um, fear him and keep his commandments. So the 
this is how it works okay i just want to share a little bit about my own healing in my life um and not my full testimony because um it's hard to clarify exactly where my life totally changed because when i was um young i believed in god i used to pray from a very young age my mother showed me how to pray i just really liked it i remember being four five six praying at night and i liked it and i liked the prayer that my mother gave me and I held on to that prayer and I used it all my life so I did have a prayer life as a child and um, then I made my holy communion as a catholic and I really really was prepared for that in my heart and I loved it and I received the holy spirit that day and I remember it very clearly and um, of course there were problems in my family so it was difficult for me growing up but I know I had the power of the Holy Spirit in me, which was protecting me all my life. So as I got older, I think started. I think the sickness in my life started again. Started um, maybe from my teen years. Before that, I remember being quite healthy as a child. Um, and uh, the first sign of that was maybe when, as a teenager, I got appendicitis and. Yeah, I um, that was quite. I was quite sick with that, and I had to have surgery. I was about twelve, I think. Um, and then, when I got a little bit older, I went to uh, the UK to start work and trying it out. And I remember getting glandular fever, and I'd only arrived in London with my friend, and it was a pity, really, because I really wanted, I really wanted to start my life, you know. But uh, it really knocked me uh, out for a long time, a few weeks, I remember. Um, and that was also a kind of causing soreness in my throat. Then later I developed tonsillitis and I got it a lot. Now, the more I studied healing, I realized that a lot of throat of infections um, can come from not having a voice as a child and I certainly didn't have a voice as a child because I was quieter more sensitive and I wasn't quiet in my teenage years anyone who's listening goes what's she talking about she was always talking yeah as a teenager I did start talking more but in my younger years I was quiet and a lot of and I was in a big family as well I was one of the youngest so uh, in that environment a lot of people were talking over me over me over me so at, I didn't get a voice I didn't get to express myself in my childhood um, but thankfully I had prayer so I used to always pray I'm not blaming my family but anyone from a big family if it's not all very orderly and organized uh, siblings will override um other siblings because of the pecking order which is very unhealthy and very wrong i hope today that that's going to start changing that if you are a parent and you have a large family that you will not allow your older siblings to have more power over your younger siblings because that's wrong it's not god's way um so then later i uh i developed severe back pain um this was much later, and when I was, I had depression, I had anxiety, I had uh, different things like that. So the depression and the anxiety was very difficult, and that went on for a long time, and it was a real struggle for me, and it did take a long time to heal from that. But I did have to turn to God, and it only really went when I totally surrendered to God. I couldn't take any more. You know, when you get to a point where enough is enough, I can't take any more. I can't do it on my own. Um, 
I try this, I read this book, I do that. I'm getting a little bit of information, but nothing was changing. So eventually I just surrendered to God and God intervened and start changing my life there in my late 20s. So my healing came from the grace of God. And I did my part. So how was I healed? Yes, by the grace of God. I called upon God. I t- in a way, I was so broken. At that point in my late 20s, I just said, I've had enough of this. This I can't do this anymore. I'm exhausted by life. Imagine 27 years of age or 28, exhausted by life. People used to laugh. Oh, you're a young woman. Why would you be exhausted by life? I was exhausted by life. Um, and so I was healed by faith, by believing, and then by taking action. So this, way, this is the message I'm t- having to share with you today. If you want to heal your bodies, you do it by faith, by believing, and then take action. You need to be responsible for your own healing. You need to participate in your own healing journey. You need to be willing to do your part. Some people remain sick forever. And that's the truth. And that's why some people have no faith. They say, look at all these sick people. How would I be any different? Well, Take it from me, I was a nurse for 24 years. I worked in the medical field and I also worked in cardiology, cardiothoracic and all the emergency units also. So if I don't know sickness, who doesn't? (laughs) I watched and observed sickness most of my life as a nurse. And I saw many people with chronic illness, um, Many people with a chronic illness, which means, I looked up the meaning of chronic. It means persisting for a long time or constantly recurring. Okay? There's many people with chronic illnesses. So if we don't take care of ourselves, our illness will get worse. So if I didn't do something about um, this depression that I was suffering with, Uh, anxiety, if I didn't go and get help, I would have got worse. And what happens when someone gets worse? Well, you can go the whole way into suicide. Or you can just go into a different form, which a mental illness, which is like delusions and hallucinations. Now that's when also going way off the spectrum in mental health. But there are many people today living with neurosis, but they are living normal lives. Their parents, they even have jobs. So you can live in delusion. And a lot of people today live in delusion. Um, For example, when I was working, I would work with a lot of people with chronic obstructive airways disease. That was a really common COAD or COPD, um, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease or emphysema. So we had a lot of regular regular patients coming in to the medical wards they come in get treated and go home for a few months come back in again and it was the cycle and they accepted that that was their cycle hello oh you're back again yeah yeah just back again now with my can't breathe okay come on in put them in a side room so that they have good ventilation and that they're comfortable. We can put oxygen by their bed. So this is the treatment. They get oxygen, steroids, sometimes antibiotics, then they have 
to see the physio for their chest and they have to have physio for mobility. Okay, so this is someone with a chronic airways uh, breathing dis disease. It's not very nice to live like that. Very uncomfortable. So I would come into the room as a nurse in my 20s or 30s and, hello, how are you? Oh, okay, leaning. They would have um, a table in front of them, some of them, uh, you know, sitting in an armchair. We, we did all the things to alleviate it, to make them comfortable, sit them up, and the physios would give us advice as well. So you'd sit in the chair, uh, sit them in a good chair, sitting up. We put a table in front of them, put a pillow on the table, and they would lean across on the pillow so that their lungs could expand, so that they could breathe, and they would have oxygen, steroids, antibiotics, and then once a day, then the physio would come in and walk them up and down the corridor or something. It's not a very nice way to live. Now, the point I'm trying to make here, and if you have this disease, I am really sorry, and I'm not being critical. I'm just telling you my experience as a nurse. A lot of these patients smoked They refused to give up smoking, even though they knew it was making the disease worse. It was making it difficult to breathe. Now, they were advised by medical, the doctors, it's in your best interest to give up smoking. Yes, yes, doctor, yes, yes, I know. But I've been smoking, you know, three packs of cigarettes all my life. I can't really give them up. Okay, fine, we're just telling you. Others would be very overweight. Now, we're not condemning anyone for being overweight, but all that we're saying in, from a medical point of view is that the weight is putting pressure on your breathing, putting pressure on your heart. So um, they would be advised to try to lose weight because you could get heart disease, blood clots, and leading to more difficulty. And also, uh, you know, it's hard to have a long life when you're living like that. So uh, it required a lifestyle change, and many of these patients were, would not make that change. So how can God heal a person like that? The thing is, most of these people were not looking to God, so I'm just saying that. I didn't go into the rooms and see them praying to God, please help me. A lot of them were very focused on the disease, very focused on this me and my breathing and my disease, which is fine. It does, uh, illness will do that. It will make you focus in on yourself, but they're not really looking and asking God to come and help them. So the God can't really get in if we're not asking for it. We have to present our bodies to him and be willing to get well. God will show mercy to those who fear him, who want to get well, ask for his help. So believe in him, love him and obey his commandments commandments are in the bible uh, you have the ten commandments but also the two commandments love the lord your god with all your heart with all your mind with all your strength and love your neighbor as yourself if you do that turn to god ask for help by his grace and his kindness he will heal you so think about this now on your own if you need some healing in your body do you obey his commandments are you taking personal responsibility for your health, your physical health? Now, 
what I'm going to uh, point out here is that behind all physical health is emotional, you know, some emotional problems, mental problems, which means just thinking, ways of thinking. And then the underlining problem is spiritual. It's always spiritual. Everything around us is spiritual. So if we allow the spiritual in all these areas, the spirit of God can come in and heal your body, but also heal your emotions and your mental health. We need to be renewed in our minds. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, and then you will know the will of God for your life. Okay, physical healing does not stand alone. Now, some people like to trust, focus on that. Oh, I've got this heart disease, me and my heart disease, and they're on the heart disease or whatever illness they have. And they just don't think of anything that's kind of adding to that. Yes, the doctors can diagnose your condition. They can treat it. But after that, the rest is up to you. I also have an example when I was working on the cardiothoracic ward and the cardiology wards. But let's look at cardiothoracic. That's where they go in for a bypass operation. I've seen many of them. I worked with them, helped them through the operation and the healing. So I saw many men and women have triple bypasses. It's a big operation. It's a big, uh, they cut down your chest, open your chest. I don't want my chest open, thank you. But people are doing it because, you know, they want a second chance of life. Now, I know there's less of that nowadays. They're moving away from those bypasses and they're doing angioplasties, which is they put a balloon in there and they open the arteries and um, it's more or less invasive. But in some cases, they still need to do the triple bypass because there's such clogging up on the arteries in the heart. So in some cases, they still do it. So post-op, post uh, the operation, they have to have physio, rehabilitation, and education. There's always education, heart education, and how to keep a healthy heart. So they're really good. I worked in London. I worked in um, Guy's Hospital in London. Excellent hospital. Excellent care. I was so blessed to work there, I think. I learned so much and they really do everything for the patient. But if the patient doesn't do it, they're not going to get better. So they would tell them how to exercise every day, how to eat well, reduce alcohol, stop smoking, uh, don't be eating heavy foods, drink big fry-ups. But many of these people would go out the door happy. Thanks, I feel great. I have a new heart, you know. They've been fixed. They go out the door and they don't change their lifestyle. Okay, we have more complex diseases as well, like, uh, you know, cancer and um, many different disorders and pain. People talk about chronic pain and things like that. But we need to be honest with ourselves and acknowledge that all these diseases didn't just arise overnight. I didn't get depressed overnight. I didn't get anxiety overnight. I picked it up from other people in my family. I picked it up from... I don't know where I picked it up, but I didn't just wake up one morning and feel depressed. I wasn't born depressed. And you weren't born with cancer either. Some okay people could argue and say, yeah, some children are born with cancer. Okay, then the mother, you know, so we have all that as well. Okay, so, but it doesn't arise overnight. 
some things are hereditary, but that's also a mindset spiritually. That's there could be a generational curse over your family. Then you need to do some prayer around that. Cut off that curse. I hear some people, there's one person in my life who used to always put everything down to hereditary. And I said, that is so lazy. <laughs> that is so lazy. You know, some people may have had heart disease because they didn't look after themselves. They didn't exercise. They didn't eat well. And are you going to have the same and you don't do those things? And you pray to God for healing? Of course not. You can override your past. You can override the generations. But what I'm trying to say is these things don't just occur overnight. They are slowly, slowly developing. It's kind of like deep emotional wounds. Your mind has been affected. So there's got to be some emotional work and the mind has to change its thinking and there has to be healing on a deeper level. And we have heard about these things that people would have cancer and then they do healing or they go to God and they pray and then suddenly the cancer disappears. We've hundreds of testimonies about things like that. So what you need to do is receive a new life in Christ and be responsible for your own healing and God will transform your bodies, mind, emotions and your spirit and you will have a happy healthy life that is the goal as a christian god wants you to live like that i just want to look now before we finish at a couple of uh scriptures here about jesus when he was healing in the new testament in one uh uh in one place there were there was a man who was an invalid for 38 years you know that in the Gospel of John 5, 6, verse 6. John 5, verse 6. Don't worry, I put it down below. You can read it. And Jesus said to this man, he was sitting by this pool where they just go in to get healed. The, the pool would whirl up when it was time for healing and then people would jump in and get healed. This was the um, belief. Yeah, and then they jump in by faith and get healed. So he was there for 38 years by that pool and he didn't get healed. He was an invalid. So Jesus came along and said to him in John 5, 6, Do you want to be healed? Or another version said, Do you want to get well? And what did the man say? Sir, I have no one to help me go into the pool. And the pool gets whirled up and I can't get in. 38 years he couldn't get in. That sounds like an excuse to me. Could he not have asked somebody to carry him in? Could he have not moved closer to, in 38 years, to the pool somehow? Um, so what does Jesus do? He totally ignored that remark and said, get up, pick up your mat and walk. And that was it. He was healed after 38 years of sitting, sitting by the pool. Another example is in Mark 10, 51. I added it below. There was a blind man on the street as Jesus was walking around and uh, Jesus said to the blind man what do you want me to do for you the blind man says I want to see and then Jesus says be healed by faith and go and follow the Lord be healed and he could see okay so take those scriptures 
and look at them at your own life and ask yourself, do you want to be healed? If so, get up and be healed. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? Think about it. Journal. Let's be modern, you know. Okay, this is a long time ago. Do what you have to do. Sit down, ponder on a journal, write down. Why why am I not healed? Hmm. Do I want to be healed? Is it me that's blocking my healing? Wow. Surely it's not me that's blocking my healing. What do you want me to do? The blind man said, I want to see, be healed. And go and follow the Lord. Rejoice in the truth. God is your healer. Okay, so I'm adding my own faith there. Read it yourself. But that's what we're supposed to do. Rejoice in the truth. Believe that God is our healer and receive it by faith. I'm going to leave it like that today. I hope it has been helpful for you. This is how I've been healed. I don't have any ailments at the moment. This is great. I, I've just turned 50 recently. I don't have any ill health. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so what I'm going to say is that the next episodes, I'm going to be talking about healing our minds and our emotions and transforming our mind. And also one area that I will look at is our social environment because the environment we live in can have an effect on our health. In many ways, you know, you could be living in a place where the environment is kind of damp. Um, I've come across that a little bit, unfortunately, traveling sometimes. And um, some of the accommodation that you could come across could have dampness. Now, I know from nursing that that is very dangerous for me as a nurse. So that kind of, uh, if if you are living in that environment, you really have to wrap up and cover your body or... Uh, you know, it all depends. I don't know people's uh, financial circumstances, but even if you don't have money, you have to layer up. If you lived in an environment that was damp, then you need to go out into the sunshine and get sunshine. So there's practical things, but then there's also social environments, which are um, who you hang around with. And the Bible says, do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. Character is important. Because if you're hanging around with the wrong people, then you might start drinking, taking drugs, doing whatever. Or dishonest people might start stealing, all that. None of that is going to bless your life. And all that just plays on your mind and your emotions and you feel stress because you know it's not God's will for your life. And it will manifest in a physical way. So, um, so that's it. That's everything. Healing your body. So I hope it was useful and helpful and um I will talk to you again soon. Have a good day. God bless.